welcome to Faith in the North. I'm Claire. And my name's Martin. We live in the Northeast and want to wrestle with faith and life. And we wanted to share with you the chats that we have about life and faith. So this is our podcast. We hope you find it helpful. Thanks for joining us as we continue our journey. Well, hello and welcome to our podcast. Hello and welcome to our podcast. Well, I feel really out at sea yeah, here. Yeah, I definitely feel Because we haven't out done this for months. I also felt out at sea and come back after the summer and preaching. It's like, I can't quite remember what I was supposed to do. Oh, really? I what, you it. forgot how to preach? No, no. <laughs> I think you just get into a rhythm and then you get out of it and you just think, oh, yeah, what am I supposed to do? Anyway, yeah. I'm two weeks in, so I've obviously well, survived. Welcome to our podcast. Let's yes. hope we... Um, we do okay if we if we don't bear with us hopefully it'll get better with practice so a little bit of a introduction what's been going on we've had summer break mm-hmm. our little adventure in our orange camper van yeah it was quite the adventure actually it was it started very very soggy um and we were uh, yeah a bit unsure how the summer was gonna go but um but we kept going we had a. We decided to have a break from the rain, and we stayed in an oh sorry, tongue tied there, an Airbnb mm. in Stuttgart, which is one of those cities that you never go to, really. I don't know why you you'd ever of, be there. Yeah, you'd never really choose to go there. However, we had a great time. And mm. um, the Mercedes Benz Museum and headquarters is in Stuttgart, which is a little fact if you. Uh, don't know anything else about Stuttgart. And the Porsche Museum as well. And the Porsche Museum as well. We only went to one of them. We only went to Mercedes-Benz Museum. Um, which and was it was one of the most heavily bombed cities during the Second World War. It was. I learned that little bit oh, of trivia. All the facts. Yeah. They did amazing um, curried sausage. Yes. That was a new one. I've never tried currywurst before. Yeah. And that was delightful. That was mm. really, really great. And we went to a restaurant called Toby. Yeah, that's where we had our currywurst, uh, Toby's. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went there. We went. We went to Legoland. Yeah, and um, then ended up in Italy. Ended up in Italy, and then back via Europa Park, which was kind of like Disneyland, but not Disneyland. Yeah. It was. It was absolutely yeah, fantastic. It's like the fairy tale stories without any Disney. Yeah, it it was brilliant. Anybody gets a chance to go to Europa Park, do they it. They even had a mouse as their main character. Yeah, they did. Like I don't know, that seemed a bit. Yeah. Maybe they were no, trying I to copy Disney it. in that. Yeah. Um, but it felt like um, a good break. Lots happened. GCSEs. Yeah. School change. Yeah. And then um, we're back into September and we've um, nearly got a moving date. Yep. We're about two weeks away. Two weeks away. So we've been um, living in our house with not a single picture on the wall. Yeah. That can't be blue tacked on a door. Yeah. Um, we've got all the kids stuff blue tacked on the door, but nothing we've actually put on the wall. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. Or half the um half the house is. But I'm not looking bond. forward to moving. Moving has no. to be one of the worst things, the most stressful things to do. Yeah, and I we've think got to so. box everything up again. I mean, we you know we haven't unboxed everything by any means. No. A lot of it's still all in the garage. And then you've got to wonder if we haven't used it in a year. Should we check? Why it do out? we have it? I know there's a lot of stuff in there that I want to use, mm, but you like just baking find tins. Mm. I've got one baking tin, which is not acceptable when you want to bake a birthday <laughs> cake. So even though we're moving in a couple of weeks' time, I may have to, because it's Jacob's birthday, I may have to unpack 
whole lot of boxes to find my baking tin. So, yeah, that's exciting. I guess one thing, just uh, what we've been reading, we've done a bit of reading, different reading. You've done some reading and I've done some reading. What did you read over the holidays? Oh, gosh, I read quite a lot. Um, I read a book called uh, Redeemed by Love by Francine Rivers, which was Mm. a romance novel. I don't really read a lot of romance novels, but it was very sweet. Um, it was a like dramatic retelling on the book of Hosea. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed that. Actually, that was really good beach reading. Mm-hmm. It, was, um, it was really enjoyable. And then I read another Francine Rivers book called Lineage of Grace, which goes through the five, um, five important women in the lineage of Jesus. Yeah. Um, Tamar, Rahab all the others um, and then I read a book called Captivating by Stacey and John Aldridge um, you read that a long time ago so I read you? it like 20 years ago and absolutely loved it and I decided I would read it again on one holiday and I to be honest I, a lot of women um, don't don't get it's on a bit marmite it. isn't it I think it is a marmite book you either love hearing all this stuff about beauty and um, yeah kind of fairy tales and things like that or you hate it i loved it 20 years ago and i'd say i liked it when oh, i read okay. it now so it didn't kind of quite float my boat in the way that it did when i first read it mm. but it's still i think they made some really really good points and um yeah i enjoyed it why d- what was the big difference you said it didn't use what kind of did you read this time that you thought oh. um i think it overplayed the role of beauty okay. i think it didn't take into account single women. Okay. I think it focused not really. Okay. Um it focused heavily on women in relation to men rather than uh women in their own right. And I would say we also need to be able to stand alone. Mm-hmm. Um so I felt that was a real lack within the book. Um yeah, I think that's that's cool. about it. O- also headship. They um they still kind of go in for male headship. headship. And I'd say I'm probably not not where I'm at mm. now. Yeah, I'd probably confirm that with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I read um, I read um, Demon Copperhead, which was oh, yeah, a really interesting book um, about um, all set within the opioid crisis in America. Not a Christian book, but just a retelling of a story. Um, a retelling of David Copperfield. Yeah, David Copperfield, which I haven't actually read. Okay. Um, so I guess it was a retelling. Okay. I don't know. It was about a poor kid trying to make good in the world. Yeah, I think that's There you go. It. Then there it's the go. same sort of story. Yeah. Um, but all about the opioid crisis. So this whole book is kind of tinged with this opioid addiction, you know, from the um, the young lad's family. And then he gets injured in a... I don't want to spoil it for you because you're not finished yet. No. He gets injured and has to go on to opioids to kind of... Um, Opioid, yeah, to painkillers to get, and there's a whole addiction thing, but um, yeah, really, really. Okay, I haven't got up to that book. bit, so okay, thanks for, for that. Well, I didn't say the end. He's still a little kid when I'm okay, reading it. Okay. Um, um, and then she wrote another book before that because you kind of get to know an author all about a um, a Christian preacher who moves to Africa with his family and all the story about you know just him stuffing it up and all the kind of cross-cultural interactions with you know sort of the natives mm. and his expectation of what happens in then it all falls apart and um, well i don't know are you gonna read that book no okay all falls apart and the family falls apart he goes a bit 
off the rails, but all the stories kind of flow out from there. But really interesting, you know, author. I can't remember her name, um, but the book. Um, can't find the book either. But anyway, um, so that was. I don't know why you're looking around there. Well, because I'm looking towards the stairs because the last time I saw the book, was on it the was on the stairs. Um, and then I guess our other news is I'm planning to do an MA, mm. which... Um, daunting. It's daunting. I haven't been studying for 20 years. Mm. I think 19. Um, well, you say that. How old was I? So I... Uh, 18, 21... Didn't I go to college when I was 21? We were married 20 years and we continued studying a year after that. Oh, so okay. that makes it 19. Yeah, yeah, it does make it 19. Um, so yeah, sort of one day a week um, with some block studies and things. So it'll be interesting to get my head around that. I'm daunted by it, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, I'm, I enjoy writing sermons, but no one checks my grammar. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole just like a 50% I wonder Extra. if they just don't bother about grammar by the time you get to MA level. No, I think they do. You think they do? Mm, yeah, I think they do. Okay. Then yeah, so I can't get away with it. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> me. It means you're going to want me to check all your essays. Here you go. It's frustrating. I, I might make a friend, like a student friend, and see if they'll proof me it. Okay. Who knows? I'll probably just get you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that'd be interesting at Durham University and St. John's, all very Anglican-y, but they have quite a history of um, doing a free church you know, stream to it. So mm. that's going to be interesting. And then our, fast, our kind of final little general introduction summary is a quote from a prestigious um, magazine that you want to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The quote is, there's a bitter sweetness to the end of summer, a sad farewell to the holidays but a happiness in finding your groove again. And that's just something that I kind of felt rung true and resonated with me um, in that, yeah, I do feel there's a bit of sweetness to the end of the summer. I I love some of the summer rocks. I love the warmth and love being able to wear flip-flops and dresses and not worry about a jacket. Um, I love being together as a family that's kind of my top thing i mm. love being together as a family and then everybody goes off to their own separate activities again and mm. i feel a bit gloomy and sad but and this was the thing that that struck me was um but the happiness in finding your groove again and there's all these things that we can stop doing over the summer and the idea of it's september it's a fresh start and mm. um, you pick everything up again and um yeah so that's exciting as well yeah. and are you going to tell us the prestigious no. magazine we're going to just lay it let no no down. you have to tell it now okay it's the tesco's magazine <laughs> <laughs> hey there's some good stuff in there there's there some go. good recipes <laughs> to be honest <laughs> it was free it was free free wisdom a free wisdom free recipes you can't knock it there are other supermarkets out there as well not no. just tesco's we don't even use tesco's that much no do you just go in for the magazine no, I go in for the whiskey. They do seriously <laughs> good deals on whiskey. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. Are so we going to get serious now? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And so I, I'm. So we're we've had a little reflection on where the podcast's going, and I think I. So I preach a fair bit, mm. uh, and I'm aware in a new life where, or at most churches, there's a real spectrum of needs on a Sunday morning, and mm. um, from people who are really desperate to go headlong deeper into scripture and learn and grow and just really sort of wrestle with it and get a lot from that 
partly academicness to it. Mm. Uh, and then there's a whole other spectrum that are um, just wanting clear, simple, you know, understandings, challenges, you know, and then there's a whole spectrum in between. Um, and I guess I'm mindful just because I'm going back to college. I don't want to get lost in the academia of scripture or the kind of, you know, without and then miss opportunities. To, so, and then I guess that led us to think, well, are there things that we can just take a little bit further mm. from Sunday mornings? Um, but, I, you know, my starting point is this, we ask a lot of a sermon, mm. you know, uh, and to get, for everyone to get something out of it, to be spirit-filled and open to just being timely and right and at the right moment and then, you know, meeting different needs. Mm. Um, and you're probably someone who really wants to go a little bit deeper uh, and delve into things, is that right? Yeah, I ideally I would like to hear a sermon that is very academic on a Sunday morning. Yeah. I want to get right into the text i want background uh, yeah I, I want it all i want full kind of scriptural references from you know how this fits in with the old testament um, so sunday you had a, I bit just of want that. Something theological. a little bit of that on sunday yeah so referencing isaiah and so much but yeah and and then there's other people who just that just just makes them feel rubbish mm. it's like i can't keep up with it i don't understand it i can't get my head around it so I guess that's the challenge. Mm. And I guess that's not a new challenge. I guess how do we make scripture not... Because scripture isn't simple. It really isn't simple. It's deep. And, you know, if you looked at what the rabbis did around Jesus, they would wrestle, argue, you know, debate it really in-depthly. They would. I guess not everyone would. No. no. Well, women wouldn't have been allowed to. I guess they might have been able to hear from the kitchen. Um, But, yeah, it's like... They, but a group of mm. rabbis would, and then disciples would gather around, wanting to learn and listen. But I guess not everyone would. The shepherds in the fire, they would, wouldn't be around. But so there's always been this yeah, kind of challenge. We talk about Mary being at the foot of Jesus. So yeah, listening. Is there in. a sense in which women actually were? Yeah, I don't know. This is an aside, but I've got a feeling women wouldn't necessarily be encouraged to be in the debate. Mm. But I do believe that women would be. Certain women will just be trying to listen. A little start. I was listening to a podcast about. She was talking about imagining scripture, and she said she always imagined scripture in her mind and the stories as just as men. It's quite interesting. She said it was mm. always men that she'd picture, and she had to purposely then think about those female characters yeah. that actually were there. And with Jesus, were more evident yeah. than I think in the pharisees conversations uh, and john actually is someone who brings women into yeah, the heart sure. of it and she was talking about how she just had to you know check herself because she mm. only ever pictured men in no, the situation actually, that's interesting because i would say i do exactly the same and then i think um i think your imagining of the scriptures is poorer for that because yeah. as a woman i need to imagine other women there otherwise mm. it kind of excludes me but also men need to be imagining mm. women that this is not just a a man's world. Mm. And I guess I'd, on my first bit, the first bit of John, I talked about the contrast between John's gospel and Matthew's, the account mm. of the um, the woman anointing Jesus. And John goes into all this poetic, you know, talking about how the perfume sort of filled the room and this intimate moment, you know, with, mm. um, you know, someone using their hair to anoint Jesus to clean it. And then Matthew's all very utilitarian, you know, there was yep. a woman she put some perfume on and yeah. that was it so john i think is 
trying to get more of that mm. you know feminine nature of scripture out um but yeah so there's this real challenge how do we go deeper um but how do we not yeah i guess that's what i'm feeling mm. that's yeah and the, the book of john is is a wonderful book for us to get our teeth into anyway um so ian galloway has written a book i don't yes, know what is that's the, what i recognize um, oh my goodness befriended by jesus or friends of jesus Sounds like friend of Jesus. Why do we never have all of these books just uh, to hand? I, when could, we're, um, I could Google it. Yeah. Um, um, you keep talking and I'll Google it. But you've got a lot from that. I'm going to read that book. Are you? And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, because it really it really struck you um, and really spoke to you. And I think Call to be friends. Call to be friends. Unlocking the heart of John's gospel. Thank you, Google. Um, and yeah. the Celts really loved the book of John. Yeah. It was, it a, it was a really big book. Um yeah, that image of of John leaning on, leaning resting on his head, yeah, on, head Jesus. on the rest of Jesus. Yeah, um, is really a strong element of early Celtic Christianity. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think it's it's going to be a good. So series. I guess is there an opportunity in our little podcast to think a little bit deeper about things, um, in some ways, um, although it's hard to, yeah, like now I'm struggling to think deeper, but that's because it's Monday morning, mm-hmm. and I'm tired. Um, but I think I guess the first one is how do we treat scripture how do we treat this book that we've been given Mm -hmm. Um, so John yeah all all scripture is interesting because it's not it's not it doesn't just happen to be someone's grafted Mm. like hours over this this is not just a you know I guess the letters are are written you know very well but in a you know someone sat and written a letter Mm. and responded to something that we don't know what they're responding to but you know really clear theology and working through a a response to something the gospels all four came together and it was like these were the the books Mm. you know we you know time and energy and crafting and working out just quite what we're going to talk about and what we're going to keep in and what we're not you know was you know huge Mm. um so how do we treat these really um special bits of scripture um and acknowledging that the Gospels are a bit different to the rest of the Old New Testament yep. in that they're the four accounts. They, you know, they're from four different witnesses. They don't all correlate. Mm. You know, they don't all, you know, um, sort of match up, but they're all telling a story and telling mm. a way of interacting. And yeah, I guess, how do we approach that? You're looking blankly at me. Do you not have the answer? I don't have the answer. No, you're the one who writes the sermons. <laughs> but it's interesting because you spend a lot of time crafting a sermon and yet that will not be like a fraction of what went in yeah. to crafting these books. And we just read them and think almost that they kind of just appeared on the page yeah. from the author. But they weren't. They were thought over and crafted. And Yeah, and I guess this... So this Sunday we looked at John the Baptist and, you know... There's this huge connection with the book Isaiah and, you know, just trying to bolt, mm. I guess, John to the old stories. Um, and scripture does that a lot. It says, and just like the beginning does, you know, there's uh, allusions to Genesis. So he's, so the author's taking what's going on at his time, bolting mm. it back to the beginning. Um, so it is complex because it requires you to understand what the mm-hmm. beginning is, you know, uh, and similar to that, John's back, 
understand, well, what was Isaiah talking about? What were these prophecies that were coming about? What were these stories that were coming about that John thought and then came on to know Jesus was ans- mm. answering? Um, so they deeply understood scripture, you know, and to be, you know, to be a Jew at that time was to deeply understand scripture, mm. you know, wrestle with it, understand it. Um, yeah. It was a bit confusing on Sunday, in the two Johns. Yeah. So you're talking about the book of John and what John is saying, and then you're talking about what You got confused John, in the Johns. John the Baptist yeah, I kind of confused um, myself as well, I think. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> He's an interesting character, John the Baptist. Yeah. He's this kind of... Um, He's not a front and center character. No. He's a a character always on the edge. Mm. So even though this is kind of centrally about John the Baptist, even then, even in this passage that is about John the Baptist, it feels like he's never pushing himself forward. Mm. He's always pointing to the one who was come. Mm. Um, and that was his unique role, wasn't it? So mm. that's what he did. You know, better than anybody else, you know, and um, yeah, I guess he was a background character. Yeah. I reckon he was a background character. Well, he's, he's more than a background character because as you read the book, there's loads of people that just come and go and come into the story. John's like a foundational background character. Yeah, I guess so. Like kicked it all off, but then just stepped back. He wor- he's, a, he's a grafter. Yeah. He's somebody who works really really hard yeah okay yeah but uh, it's interesting but he's not a character that i take to like, i no. kind of feel like if i was there back at you know north bc or 30 something bc and um, it's 30 something ad um i wouldn't like john would you not no i think he'd be one of those enigmatic guys that you kind of you want to follow, you want to see, but you don't want to have a conversation with mm. because I think he'd be very brusque. Yeah, maybe. I I don't imagine he'd be a man of many words. Um, no. I don't think he'd be a hugger. <laughs> this is the depth that you're getting in this podcast today, yeah, I'm afraid. I don't... John the Baptist, like, I think not Jesus a hugger. would be a hugger. Yeah, okay. I don't think John the Baptist would be a hugger. Yeah, okay. Peter, I think Peter would mm. be a hugger. Yeah, okay. I've, I've, sorry, <laughs> I've lost it. Now, yeah, I? I'm just, yeah, I guess a good, a big bearded man in clothes with, yeah, rough and ready. And does he still eat locusts and... Yeah, I don't think he talks about it in John's yeah. gospel. But he's a wilderness guy, wasn't he? He's a wilderness, wilderness guy. guy. Yeah. And we're watching a program about wilderness guys. <laughs> we are. Yeah, we are. We're watching a program called Alone. And it's about all these survival guys who go out into the wilderness for as many days, it's like a competition who can survive the longest. Um, and again, I think these are guys who they've got what it takes, mm. but they're not necessarily interpersonal people. And that's what I kind of get mm. I get from John. Yeah. But what is John really telling us? In this bit or just mm, generally? In this bit. Yeah, I I guess he's the bridge, isn't he? And that's why I talked to, I, I don't know, this hinge idea, I kind of got onto on Sunday that actually he was he pivoted you know where where the expectation was everyone expected the Messiah to be a certain sort of person or do a certain thing mm. and he was 
providing this hinge to say actually he's with us but he's not what you're expecting mm. um and he's going to reveal something of the old you know of our old story but in a new way mm. well that i should have used that in my sermon actually yeah i should have come with that yeah, okay. i should have written it down just one of my my questions Oof. um is um it talks about it talks about um the one coming and it says um that he is the prophet and in the niv it puts prophet with a capital letter is that supposed to be referring to a certain type of prophet so it says he said so they asked him then who are you are you elijah and he said i am not then they said are you the prophet? Prophet with a capital letter. Mm. I'm wondering why the NIV have capitalized this. Mm. And he answered, no. Mm. So that's strange because he is he is certainly a prophet with a small letter. Yeah, okay. Um, not the prophet. But so who is the prophet? Yeah, I guess is, there was is loads. That referring to Jesus. Is that. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Mm. I think it was a uh, you know there was loads of people claiming to be prophets. Um, I guess they were waiting for the one to come and say, you know, to predict what that you know the Messiah was coming. Mm. So I wonder if there was a you know a specific you know prophet. And there's all these intertestamental books that look at that time in between where there was you know where prophets would come and go. Um, but yeah. Mm. There you go. Maybe you should have asked me with so I could have had an opportunity to think about that before. Well, hopefully, um hopefully for next week there you we go. will be we'll answer we'll be the prophet question. Um prepared. so just see so yeah, I guess just a final little bit about um John was a bit of a trailblazer, someone who brought about change uh and who I guess broke up people's expectations. Uh and I think there's something in there that might resonate with us in our own lives, mm. our own times of our lives, where we've had to go against other people's views on things or to stand out from the crowd, which is not mm. an easy thing to do. And John kind of did that. And we read it and think, oh, yeah, of course he did, because he knew what was going on. But that was a, yeah, he was making some bold claims to some very powerful people. Mm. Um, and even in the baptizing, he was out there baptizing while the leaders looked on and said, yeah. what on earth are you doing? So he was right out there. Um, and I guess I was trying to think, well, what things are we, you know, there's, I think sometimes in our own lives, I guess in with family situations or with work or school, um, that we have to put ourselves out there a little bit. And it's really uncomfortable to be the one putting yourself out there. And I guess from my point of view, just, you know, being in leadership, you know, being the one who has to, agree a way forward and for the buck to stop mm. with me um that's an uncomfortable place to be yeah um and john was a leader wasn't he you know he's someone who led change uh, and there's elements of what you know our own lives ministry that we have to lead change um and that's an uncomfortable place to be mm. um and john would have had all this political pressure all this religion because you know, he was going against not just you know, not just the politics, but the religious leaders. <laughs> yeah, he was going against a lot. He was a leader, but he was also um, somebody who never got the glory of being a leader. Yeah, okay. He was not. He was not the front man. Mm. He was not Jesus. He was always the one pointing 
to the leader. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder in our lives how often we need to, to lead, we need to do the task at hand, but actually we're not going to get the glory mm. for it. And yeah. um, and I know it's natural to want to seek glory in life, mm. but often in ministry, it's not about the glory coming to no. us. It is the glory coming to Jesus. And are we called to do that more often? Yeah. I just wonder, I'm just even thinking of some of the things that I've got kind of coming up in the next month and thinking, but it's not about, you know, it's not about whether Claire does well in this ministry or mm. Claire does well in this, this endeavor. It's very much pointing. Mm. How does this point us to Jesus? I think it's, Good leadership is servant leadership where actually it's not about us. It's actually about the people around us and doing the, you know, so it's that releasing. And John was a releasing person because he released Jesus mm. and spurred him on and set him off. Um, and a lot of leadership is that actually. It's not being yeah. the, you know, being the personality. It's actually being the one who encourages others. And, you know, mm. I guess that's how I've, I guess that's how I've approached leadership and church ministry is to actively be the one that stands alongside others, but not the one always out mm. the front, I guess. Um, but there are times when you need to be the one out the front, but most of the time it's working with others. Mm. Um, but it's uncomfortable, and I guess there's possibly work situations where we might find ourselves having to be a trailblazer and having to disrupt, I guess, disruptor. Mm. You know, yeah, he was a disruptor, disruptor wasn't he? Yeah. Which is an interesting, painful position to be in because you don't have, if you're a real disruptor, you don't have much time to do it and John didn't have much time in the end because yeah. he met a sticky end but there's kind of a yeah to be a disruptor is an uncomfortable place but we need them don't we we need people yeah. to shake up the system in church life we need people to disrupt and say why are we doing these things and, and you, you will know. come against um, disapproval yeah and you will have people saying no this isn't what oh, we've always done it this way exactly um, but we you know I think it's really you know it's probably you don't need too many of them <laughs> Yeah, off the back of this, <laughs> don't everybody decide to be a disruptor. No, but I, yeah, we need people to question stuff. I need yeah. people to say, actually, do you know why? Why are you doing that? Mm. Why are we doing that? Is that what God says? We, you know, is that right for us to do that? Is that the right time to do that? Um, if we all just agree and go along with what we think is the expected norm, um, then we don't get the opportunity. We might miss mm. stuff. Anyway, so this is tentative steps into just going little bit deeper mm. maybe we'll just maybe scratch the surface um but um yeah i think we'll see where the podcast goes either we'll stick with sunday mornings or we'll try and delve into some other things along the way yeah. but um thank you for joining us um appreciate uh, you you uh, investing a bit of time to hear us chat away yeah. there you go thank god bless you, you this day care. bye